The last chapter of life is not retirement. No, something greater is to come, and we need to start planning for something far beyond the reach of our 401ks. It's a suitable word from John Piper to upper-class Americans, and it's a suitable word to prisoners serving life sentences at Angola, the largest maximum security prison in the U.S. That's the setting for today's clip, Angola, a Louisiana maximum security prison home to 6,300 inmates, only murderers, rapists, armed robbers, and habitual felons. The average sentence is 88 years with 3,200 people in one place serving life sentences. 90% of the inmates die here. John Piper traveled to Louisiana and preached in Angola's chapel on November 20th, 2009. About 800 prisoners packed in to hear a message from him on John 6 on Jesus' feeding of the 5,000 and his walk on water. I preached with all my heart to those who could fit in the chapel, Piper recounted later. I pulled no punches. Hundreds of other prisoners heard the sermon through closed-circuit television, including those on death row like Gerald Borderland, a convicted rapist and child killer we met in episode 1445. Piper pulled no punches, and the result is one of my all-time favorite sermons. Here's a clip from the closing of that Angola sermon and Pastor John's final spoken pleas to Gerald. Have a listen. So let me say a word about this verse, 27. It's so important. The Father has set his seal on Jesus. I think that means God sent Jesus into the world. He ordained for Jesus to live a spotless life, no sin. He sent his son to the cross to die for our sins. He raised him from the dead and vindicated that perfect work of substitution and redemption. He raised him to the right hand. He's going to send him again. And in that great redemptive work by which our sins are covered and we're clothed with Christ's righteousness, God sealed his son as the son of man and the only qualified mediator between God and man who can give eternal life. So the son of man, Jesus Christ, gives eternal life because the Father said, that's who he is. That's my son. I sent him for that. He accomplished it perfectly. Secondly, we're still in verse 27 here. It says, taking the second phrase there, labor for the food that endures to eternal life. Labor for the food that endures to eternal life. That sounds terrible. Why does that sound terrible? You can't labor for eternal life. It's a gift. Well, what does Jesus mean? I mean, when you read the Gospel of John, you bump into things like this all the time. Jesus seems to say the opposite of what he means. But he doesn't leave you in doubt very long. You just keep reading. So let's keep reading. The answer is given in verses 28 and 29. Then they said to him, after he said, labor for the, for the food that endures to eternal life. You want eternal life? Labor for the bread that endures to eternal life. And then they said to him, well, what must we be doing to do the works of God? So are you telling us to labor? Tell us what works to do. This is classic salvation by works. False. So they're asking, okay, you said labor for the food that endures to eternal life. We're asking you, just like the rich young ruler, when he came, what must I do, do, do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus now gives the answer in verse 29. This is the work of God, that you believe in him. So he turned the table upside down. 
They were working and working and working to seek him, have him, because he was useful to them. And to make a point, he says, don't seek me that way. You want to seek me and labor for bread? Labor for the bread that endures to eternal life. And he hooks them with that, and they say, okay, what's the labor? And he says, the labor is faith. The labor is stop laboring. The labor is stop working and trust me. It's like I'm standing here as the bread of life, okay? This is Jesus talking. I'm standing here as the bread of life, freely offering myself to you. I'm going to lay down my flesh for the world, it says later in verse 51. I'm standing here as the bread of life. I'm standing here as gold and silver and treasure. Everything you've ever needed, I am for you, and I'm free. And they're there saying, what do we have to do? What do we have to do? What's the deed we have to do? To have you. And he would say, I think, if I don't look to you as a treasure, you listening, Gerald? If I don't look to you as a treasure, if you don't, if you don't see me as a treasure, no amount of work is going to make me precious to you. Paul said, I count everything as loss. Now, you guys have, have lost so much. You've got such a head start here. If God would just grip you with this. Paul says, I count everything as loss for the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, that I may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, if by any means I might attain the resurrection of the dead. Next stop after Angola, heaven. If he's precious, if he's precious beyond anything in this world that you've already had to lose. When you eat of the bread of life, two things change. You get eternal life, that is a new chapter is added to your life. Angola is not the last chapter, it's the next to the last chapter. Eternity is the last chapter. And it lasts forever, and it is infinitely happy. So many Americans work their fingers to the bone to have 20 years of so-called retirement, thinking retirement is the last chapter. It isn't. It's the next to the last chapter. And if we believe that, this little puny, fragile hope that as an old, wrinkled, aching, aged person, you're going to go golf somewhere for 20 years? You're going to fish somewhere for 20 years? When you can have absolute certainty, you too, of an everlasting cabin by the lake with Jesus? An everlasting ocean cruise with Jesus? An everlasting evening by the fire with a good book and Jesus? You men don't dream that way, and that's very good. I hope all that dreaming that you thought one day you might have for that shifts on to the last chapter. I'm going there real quick. Mary and my church will be there in two weeks, maybe. And Gerald, this life is very short, brothers. Very short. It may seem long. It's short. And eternity... It's really long. It's really long, and it's really good. 
10,000 times will you be rewarded for every kind deed you ever do, every act of faith that ever comes forth from you. So I think my closing admonition, brothers, is it's free. Christ died in our place. He rose again from the dead. He lived a life of perfect righteousness. He stands freely available to everyone who will have him and start working for him and start eating the bread of heaven and finding him to be more precious. I said to Gerald this afternoon, who uh, won't live out next year, probably. I said, what I would like you to do is to open your Bible, not because reading your Bible saves you. (laughs) We're not into working here. Open your Bible to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and just get to know Jesus better every day so that when you meet him, there won't be too many surprises. Fall in love with him, Gerald. Fall in love with him now. You need to love him now. Know him now. Trust him now. And I would say that to all of you. I'd say it to me. My task on this planet is to eat the bread of heaven and be satisfied and overflow for others. So deeply moving. Pastor John promised to write follow-up letters, and he did. He sent two in December 2009. Oh, Gerald, I want to see you in heaven with Jesus, Piper wrote. I want to see his glorious grace magnified in your salvation. It doesn't depend on your merit or your worth or your good deeds or the quality of your piety. It depends on whether you see Jesus as what you need and want more than anything and freely receive him. It is possible because of Jesus that in the very moment you die at the warden side, you will be in the presence of Jesus. But it's also possible that you will be in hell. The difference will not be whether you are guilty of sin and crime. The difference will be whether you receive Jesus as your guilt bearer. He suffered immensely as the Son of God so that your crimes could be wiped out. He lived a perfect life so that his perfection could be counted as yours. Be amazed at this. I love you and plead with you to turn to Jesus every day. Not just once. Turn to him every day. I want to see you in heaven. It won't be long till I get there. Affectionately. John Piper. In the second letter, Pastor John said this, quote, You shed innocent blood, that is true, and that is why God shed the infinitely precious innocent blood of his son Jesus, so that you and I could be forgiven. Gerald, I love you and want to see you again with Jesus in heaven. Trust him. Trust him. Is Gerald in heaven or in hell? It's not clear. What we do know is seven weeks after Piper's sermon, Borderland was executed. On January 7th, 2010, he was led into Angola's lethal injection chamber wearing a white t-shirt and a gold cross necklace from his daughter. Witnesses say Borderland's eyes were red-rimmed from crying as he haltingly said his final words, I'd like to apologize to my family and tell them that I love them. He was strapped down, IVs inserted in his arms, three drugs put him to sleep, stopped his breathing, and stopped his heart all quickly. A moment later, Warden Kane said, quote, We now pronounce Gerald Borderland dead. We've sent his soul for final judgment. To this day, Borderland remains the last prisoner to be executed in Louisiana. You can listen to or watch the full sermon at Desiring God. It's titled, Jesus Came Not to Give Bread, But to Be Bread. It's a fantastic sermon. We return on Friday, Lord willing. I'm your host, Tony Ranke, and we'll see you then.